Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, what's the first Friday of the month? And you know what that means. Yep, Dr. Alessandra Duke is stopping by the show today. And since the two of them are still sheltering in place, as we do a let's get real and check in and how they're doing with all this current uncertainty. And now I welcome your hosts for the day, Sunny Joy McMillan and Dr. Alessandra Duke. And good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy McMillan, and it is first Friday, which means I have my fabulous co-host. Dr. Alessandra Duke. Hello. Yay. Okay. So Sunny in Seattle is here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKNW in Seattle, and usually 103.3 KPCA in Petaluma, but we are, our little station here in Petaluma um, is so little that it is not considered essential, I think. So it is shut down. So we're just with KKNW again, uh, bringing you amazing guests and resources that will help you create a life filled with joy, peace, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you can always access those show archives. Those are found at 1150kknw.com. And you can also find the show on iTunes and Podcast One if you like to listen to um, your show's as podcasts, which I do. So it's there if you would like to find it there. Um, my website is goldenoversoul.com. That's goldenoversoul.com. And Alessandra, where can people find you? Yeah, just alessandraduke.com. Yes. And we will be mentioning some things that we have going on. I've got a number of free offerings right now that are all virtual. Um, and you can find all those uh, at goldenoversoul.com under my events page. I've got a book club going with Anita Moore Johnny's book, What If This Is Heaven? Um, I've got a virtual women's circle. I've got shut up and soul sessions, which basically we come together and uh, virtually. And, um, it's a little container and some accountability for your spiritual practice. So we come together, do a little meditation or a little, um, reading for about five or 10 minutes. And then we all get on mute and do our journaling our meditating our reading, whatever it is, a sit spot in nature. Um, uh, I used to be a part of a writing group and we would, it was called shut up and write. And so this was inspired by that, but this is more like shut up and soul. Let's do your spiritual practice. So I've offered a couple of those per week. Um, I usually only do those in the soul digger community. Um, but I had a request for some additional sessions. So I'm opening them up to everyone and they are free. So you can find those at goldenoversoul.com. And then Alessandra, I know you've got some stuff going on, so we might as well mention it now in case we don't get to it at the end. Um, cause I was going to say, we can mention all our stuff at the end, but no, let's just yeah. do it at the beginning in case we run out of time. What all yeah. do you have for folks right now? Absolutely. Well, I have, you know, ongoing my monthly group coaching program called The Brink. And so that is, you know, especially for April. And I really think people could just, they could still sign up if they wanted to, because I typically do three group coaching sessions, but this month I'm doing five there. And then also offering um, it, within that program um, free uh, 15 minute one-to-one -one sort of SOS sessions right mm -hmm. now for anybody participating in that program. And then they get what I think is the most awesome workbook that I have made yet for that group. Awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. And that's, um, $97 for the month for, for all of those things. And then I'll also be doing a, um, you know, I lead that lady bosses group in person. And of course we can't do those in-person events right now. So I am taking lady bosses virtually. And so we're going to be doing a little, um, event, vir virtual event where I'll have some different guest speakers coming in, talking about, um, how to do some cool pivoting in your business to meet the needs for right now, whether that's getting creative in some way, um, or, you know, taking your events online or thinking about your business in a different way. So I'm really excited for that event that will be on April 14th. Um, so yeah, that, that's some of what's going on in my world right now. Yeah. And just, to, um, it, you can find all that at alessandraduke.com. If they yes. are interested. Okay. Yes. The event awesome. for the 14th has not been posted quite yet. Um, but if people are interested in that, you can just keep an eye out or you can, you can find me on, um, on Facebook. I've got a business page there and I'll be listing it there as well. So, and that's just under Dr. Alessandra Duke. Cool. Okay. Well, yeah. so there, we've got all that stuff for folks. Um, 
who may be out there desiring a little more connection as we are continuing our staying at home. I think in Washington and California, we are um, of those states, fortunately, that have the stay at home orders, I think, in place right now. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, I know my parents um, being in Texas, um, their governor has not issued that statewide order. I think they've got a lot of cities and um, other smaller bodies within the state who have done that, but I think um, not everyone has. So I keep in mind, like we're here in California and you in Washington, we've we've been staying at home for a while now. Yes, I know. <laughs> I think some people here are in their like you know third or fourth week since they were told that they need to stay home. Right. You know, so yeah, we've been at it for a while now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Benny, how are your boys handling it? We'll oh, check in with you real quick. Yeah, we're doing awesome. May the fourth be with us. Is that uh, pretty much the uh, end yeah. of it, so to speak. But uh, we're doing okay. You know, they're still uh, getting online, doing their schoolwork. Uh, mm-hmm. I got to make sure they're not, you know, being distracted by anything. That's usually what I'm up against. But other than that, they're doing great. Because, <laughs> you know, they'll like oh, stare at the screen and they're like, uh, and I'm like, hey, what are you doing? They're like, nothing. I'm playing with my Legos while you're doing homework. <laughs> Come on. Come on. But Legos are so much more fun, yeah. you know? Yeah, I get such a kick out of seeing all my friends are sending me pictures of their kids on the big Zoom calls with all their little faces on there and their classmates. And oh, it's been so cute. Yeah, this is mommy and daddy's time on Zoom. Go away. (laughs) 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 It happens. Well, anything else, Benny, while we're checking in with you? No, the still just uh, there's a handful of us still coming in uh, to the station group here for uh, all of you listeners out there. We are uh, still doing our thing, plugging away, uh, uh, keeping our hands away from our faces, staying six feet away from everybody else. And we're doing our best. Yeah. And I just have to um, also, you know, um, Eric Crema, who some Mm -hmm. people may remember, um, he pops up from time to time and does comes on shows occasionally. He's the head honcho, you know, one of the head honchos. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And he's been just, they have offered, they have, I'll just say, Hubbard Radio and KKNW have been really, really good to the broadcasters, uh, the whole family there. Um, and so I just have to send a shout out to KKNW, Eric Crema, and the whole Hubbard Radio team there, who they have just gone above and beyond, I think, to um, help us. They've given us a lot of resources and, and things that um, we can really take advantage of right now um, as hosts. Well, you know um, what he uh, would get for that yeah. then, right? What? He what? Gets... Oh, it's only appropriate. Of course. Of course. Yeah, right? Hello. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, I think they've really stepped up. And oh, it's, it's really nice to see people who have come forward during these times to um, really try to help. So thanks, guys. Oh, no problem. I, I appreciate it. And I'll speak for all of us here. Thank you very much. Yes, oh, yes, I know. Yeah. This is, I think, the time that I've missed being in Seattle the most is being able to come into this. I mean, I, now, now I know staying at home is the thing to do, but I know some um, of the hosts and the radio is considered essential. So I probably would have made my way into the studio a little bit here. Yeah, um, but so both of you understand like what it's really about. It's it's how yeah. and why we're here. We give that little extra little you know kick in the pants, that little extra feel while you're yeah. doing the broadcast, and an amazing view to go with it. So there's third and fourth. So yeah. I mean, yeah. it's that's the way it works, right? Okay. Yeah, it is. I know when so many things are, like when you look out and everything seems to be changing and uncertain, to have a few little, I don't know if you call them anchors or little, just points of normalcy that remain the same. And I think radio is one of those that has remained the same for many, many, many years. So I, I think having those touch points can oh, provide a little bit of calm in the storm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. I think it's so important. Yeah. Well, so let's, um, why don't we dive in? I know, Alessandra, we did even, we did just a little check-in before we came on today. Um, So I have been doing in the little groups that I've been facilitating virtually, what I've been calling a let's get real check-in. And um, when I have done those, we've got people in the groups that are Um, feeling, you know, things haven't necessarily been easy, but they're feeling stronger than ever. They're feeling really inspired or they're creating. And then I've got people who are in like really like anger that they're not feeling that way or um, really feeling the fear around the uncertainty. And so it really runs the gamut. Um, So I figure let's just do a check-in. Like, how are you, Alessandra? And I'll say how I'm doing. 
Yeah, I mean, I all things considered, this being, you know, my first pandemic and all, <laughs> we're all in like one collective giant first time, you know. Um, so I think I do think I'm I'm doing well, and I I think fortunately for me, I, you know, I had moved my business online at the beginning of the year, and it it seemed like there were several steps that took place that made made it so. Um, I, I was set up well to have a pandemic come my way. Um, you know, so I think that I feel just, you know, just extremely grateful for that, you know, and my partner is able to work from home as well. And, um, but I do think that there's still some times where it's, you know, um, it just feels scary. Things feel uncertain, you know, um, I have a, you know, my mother is, you know, vulnerable kind of population works at a hospital. And so I feel, you know, definitely some concern for her and, you know, for other people that I really care about and, and, and for the world, I just have this collective giant world concern right now. And so mm-hmm. some days it, it will feel like a little bit highs and lows for me right now. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, even yesterday was a great example. I had one moment where I was just laughing so hard with a friend. I was crying and then I went for a stroll and was, you know, talking with my partner about something and then just started actually crying, crying about something else. So I think that that just seems like the, you know, collective experiences. There's just some, there's some really good things going on, some really wonderful things to be grateful for and pleased about. And, you know, this, this energy of, um, being able to tap into creativity or productivity, but then I think also at the same time holding this, you know, this other larger, um, I don't know, just like the, the, the suffering that's happening for some Mm -hmm. people in our lives and, you know, the stress that I'm seeing, you know, close friends experience. So I just think it's like right now, just working on holding both, you know, and, um, and adjusting to what is the new norm for a little while, you know, and trying to, um, reward myself, you know, just like, okay, well, let's pretend that we are going on an outing. Okay. Now we're in the backyard Woo! You know? <laughs> or like, let's light a fire and we'll pretend that we're somewhere amazing, you know, things like that. Yes. And, um, and I think for, you know, for me, it's, it's also part of holding all of the feelings of my clients at this time too. Right. And, yeah. and encouraging people to really let themselves fully feel whatever it is that they're feeling. And that can even mean you feel totally fine. You feel totally calm. You feel totally okay. Some people are feeling like they need some kind of permission to even just like, I don't know, to just feel okay right now, to not be in a panic, right? While others are very worried and and need that kind of permission to feel okay and anxious and scared. And so that's just kind of, I've been holding my own feelings and thoughts, holding other people's feelings and thoughts, and really just trying to be of service to, you know, to my online community and to the clients I serve and, you know, really stepping, stepping up the support on my end. So that's, that's kind of how I've been in it. Yeah. Yeah. And that you, you reminded me of something I read, I think now that we've been in this at varying degrees, but as a as the entire country has been um, dealing with this, of course, some more intense than others, Mm -hmm. but all that to say, there've been a lot of articles that have gone around now about what, you know, how to manage being at home, how to manage stress, how to boost your immune system and all those things. So I don't feel like we, I mean, I don't feel particularly called to go be repetitive with some of that information, but I did come across something this morning that I thought was a really good suggestion. And it's, um, I guess it, it just started making the rounds on social media. It's a family from um, England, I think in Leeds. And uh, the family started making what they're calling a bucket list jar. And this family has children. So I think this is part of what inspired this. Mm-hmm. But the kids were beginning to feel like, oh, I miss seeing grandma or I miss going to my classroom or um, I would love to go have a, a meal at our favorite little local hangout or whatever it is. Yeah. So they started writing them all down as the thoughts were coming to them like, oh, we miss this. Oh, wouldn't this be nice? And so they write it down, they put it in the jar. And then when all of this, um, at least when we are allowed, I don't, you know, I don't know if we're ever going to return to a full normal. I feel like there are some changes being uh, catalyzed here that 
um, will be transformational, you know, as a whole for our species. That said, I think there will come a time when we are able to leave our houses and many of the restaurants and businesses will reopen in schools, et cetera. And they're going to go through their little bucket list from their jar and be particularly grateful for these things that once seemed so normal, but that perhaps it's neat to be really thankful for remembering that we had a moment in time where we were not able to do all these supposedly simple things. Um, and I thought that was a really fun thing to do, although yeah. the jar may get pretty large. Right. <laughs> it's yes. all said and done. <laughs> but I'm just throwing that out there to anyone out there who's needing something new, perhaps to, um, uh, I guess, occupy your time and and inspire some hope or at least do something that is bringing some positive feeling emotions about. So anyway, yeah. for what that's and worth, bucket list jar. Yeah, I love that bucket list jar. And so how tell us how it's been for you. What's what have you been seeing like for yourself? How are you taking care of you and um and what does it feel like in your community right now? Well, Petaluma um is pretty quiet. Um of course we were I, I really I have to say I feel um, for me personally, I'll just be honest here, that I was very proud to be in California right now, particularly around the Bay Area where we were one of the first to, I think, see the need for stay at home come pretty early. And so six counties around the Bay Area and then soon to follow Sonoma all went under stay at home. I think we were one of the earliest places in the country to do that. And so I feel very proud. We've been doing this for a while. I think, um, you know, of course, Chase, as most listeners know, with his severe asthma, um, this is something that we want to be very careful with. But we're not, Chase is like one of the most chill people I know. And so if he's not going to be worried about it, why would I create worry that is not helpful or necessary? So we are doing, I like the way that heart math, I mentioned this last week on the show, but heart math distinguishes between managed concern and fear. Managed concern empowers us, whereas fear disempowers. Fear disconnects us from our intuition, from our discernment, from the inner wisdom, whereas managed concern, while you're still being careful, allows for all of that. So we're just in a place of managed concern. And I've been, I'm, I, I feel, you mentioned this a moment ago, but there is a little bit of guilt because I have felt very inspired and energized right now. And I completely reserve the right, like maybe next week I won't be feeling that way. And yesterday I did hit a wall at about two and I was like, you know what? I was going to write another article. I was going to post, send some things out. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I'm just really tired. So I was in bed, like I had my pajamas on by about 5 p.m. <laughs> already oh, eating dinner yeah. at four. And then I just slept <laughs> and I slept in this morning. <laughs> Usually I get up on Fridays pretty early because yeah. I like to read inspired things before the show but I've just been like the, well um a couple of things the thing that I wanted to most talk about today is and anybody who's been coming to any of my circles or shut up and soul or book club I have been reading Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning and just there's so much um perspective giving um wisdom and experience in that book mm. and um, one of the things that I noticed, and I'm only, I'm, I'm still at the point, I haven't even gotten to part two where he's, he's, um, has been freed from the concentration camp and is back in some semblance of, of a normal life again. Uh, but it, what I have learned so far, one of the things that stands out to me particularly is around his, um, I guess what I, I guess his attitude of going with the flow, like knowing that things were really outside of his control as a prisoner in a concentration camp where death is happening at all turns, either from um, the, the folks who were being deliberately gassed. I mean, he was in a concentration camp for much of it with, that had a chimney. So here they are in forced labor and they're watching the smoke go up in the crematorium for their friends and family members that this is happening all the time or they're dying from disease or they're dying from starvation or they're dying from exhaustion like it's just the perspective that it has given me I just could not feel more grateful for the circumstances that we are in as we face this pandemic um, but all of this to say I have, I would not have guessed this, but his attitude in several places, I pulled some of the quotes, like 
I had learned to let fate take its course. Like he just kind of, there were times when people would be very effortful in trying to move camps or get on certain trains or be in certain work uh, groups. And he really, you would notice that he would just not go out of his way to make anything happen. And that is part of the reason that he credited, I think, why he survived. Um, and this is not, I'm not making a comment on anyone else, you know, if, if he was in a camp with someone and they ended up dying because they got, were forced to get on a certain train or chose to get in a certain work group. Um, I don't, I can't speak to any of their soul journeys or their human timelines and when they were, um, when they were going to die. But for Victor, he really, it, it, there were just so many near misses that he had. It's really interesting. I think his soul journey really involved him coming through this to be able to write this book. Um, but um, all that to say, his going with the flow under changing circumstances that were very unpredictable, very dangerous, and yet he just kind of... Whew, relaxed into letting fate take its course, whatever that was. So that's kind of where I've been through all of this. Although I have to say, I still, we talked about this on past First Fridays, that whole um, my primals study or primal world beliefs that University of uh, Pennsylvania and their positive psychology school is looking mm -hmm. at. I still very much believe that the world is safe, enticing and alive, mainly because of my, I think my spiritual beliefs or my cosmology. I am just amazed reading Man's Search for Meaning that even though Viktor Frankl had all the reason in the world to believe that the world was not safe, enticing, or alive, he still maintained that throughout being in a concentration camp with no end in sight from where he sat while he was in it. Like that just blows my mind, which is part yeah. of why I'm choosing to read it right now. So that's where I am right now, just mm -hmm. kind of going with the flow and allow being gentle when I need to, like last night or um, feeling energized when I feel energized and inspired and yeah, going with the flow. I love it. And well, and something I remember you saying when I checked in with you, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago is you said like, you're able to tap into right now more of how like a, a, a workflow or way of being that actually felt more authentically you like there was it, like felt like maybe there was less pressure or something like that where you were able to kind of tune in and feel out what felt right for you. Do you remember saying that? Oh, absolutely. I've yeah. been feeling that. And again, I, I really, for those extroverts out there, I have some clients who are really extreme extroverts, meaning that they recharge with other people. And the only thing I can compare it to is if I had to be like, they being ordered to stay at home right now and not see anyone, especially if they don't have a partner at home or kids that are around or whatever. Um, I, the only thing I can compare it to is the equivalent of me having to be at a large social function 24 seven for the foreseeable future. Like I can, I would be losing my mind. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I fully recognize that as an introvert, yes, I'm outgoing, but I recharge by myself. It is very taxing for me to go do social functions. Um, it just feels like it's a performance of sorts. So this has been uh, the stay at home order has been the permission granted for me to work and live in such a way that comes so naturally to me. And it, before I had some guilt and some resistance around it, like I didn't even realize it. It was just a, like a low level of you should be out there. You should be meeting people. You should be interacting with other humans right now. And with this stay at home order, it was like all that came off the table and I have permission granted to be the extreme introvert that I am. And it has, I think, had the unintended effect, a really pleasantly surprising one. I am so energized <laughs> because mm. not only do I not have to see anyone, but I don't have the feeling of should, like you should be seeing someone. So here I am. Yeah. I, you know, and I think, oh my gosh, when you said it, cause I'm an introvert also, but when you just said like an unending, you know, social event or party, <laughs> oh, all my whole insights just were like, oh no, 
you know, and I think, but I think that that's so true because this is like, uh, for my extrovert clients, it's a really a tricky time, you know, when they really get that fuel, um, from being around other people and especially being in person. Right. And so I think that it's something where I'm like, okay, so your task is to, you know, have lots of virtual coffees and virtual teas and virtual happy hours. And I, I do think that that can be useful for people for a time, but that like genuine in-person connection, I think some people are really hurting yeah. for, you know, I'm a, I just want to recognize that when I say I am an introvert heaven, I totally understand you all being out there, perhaps an extrovert hell. And I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, so just being honest, I'm, I'm to answer your question, Alessandra, I am definitely, um, really thriving in this particular work environment that I find myself in. Of course, Chase, who's been, he's furloughed right now. Um, and so he's been home. This will be the end of his second week at home. And it looks like this is going to be extended because um, his, the business that he works in is kind of quasi essential. So it okay. just kind of depends on the demand. So in any event, he has taken up cross stitching. Um, oh, and the other <laughs> thing that's kind of exciting. Oh, and I see we also need to go to a break. So we, there is a woman near us in this neighborhood who maintains a bit of a feral cat colony and for better or worse there hasn't been a lot of actually i'd say this is for worse sorry i'm an animal person and i believe in in trap and release uh you know spay neuter like trap the kitty cat mm -hmm. spay neuter and then release them back into their feral circumstances if that's kind of what they're used to but there hasn't been a lot of spaying and neutering in this particular little colony and we're working on that um, actively for those out there who are animal lovers like me but sometimes it's difficult to trap certain of these little kitties and one of them a little female um we discovered this week gave birth to kittens in our backyard <laughs> oh, so my chase gosh. has been out there at least three to four times a day taking food to this mama kitty who usually i don't think is fed very well and um, we've got a litter of kittens in our backyard. <laughs> so yeah. Chase has wow. been mamaing the mama kitty. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's kind of sweet. I mean, the circumstances are not, you know, not yeah. ideal. But yeah, I think, oh yeah. gosh, baby kittens right now. How amazing. <laughs> yes, I know. It's a whole. We we actually it is. Uh, we'll go to break after I share this. But one of our sweet neighbors, their kitty cat is in um, kidney failure, and I think has been. Um, got out of the house, um, maybe perhaps looking for a place to finally rest. And uh, we were looking in our yard. They asked us, you know, had we seen the kitty? And so we were just poking around in the yard, looking in these hidey holes that we thought might be a place where the neighbor kitty might be. And we came across one of the little feral kitties that we know pretty well. We see her around. And she hissed at us and we thought, what is happening? Because, you know, while she's usually a little skittish, she's not actively growly or hissy. And then we shine the flashlight and we see all these little writhy kitten bodies. And we're like, okay, we've got a litter of kittens. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that Chase has like taken up cross-stitching and mothering kittens. Oh yeah. He has been out, he is out there. Like he is up early in the morning. Well, I got to feed mama Sita. And so he's out there feeding mama. And we are just for those out there, we are working with, um, there is, there are a couple of rescue groups that we are well aware of that we're working with to figure out how to best support mama and the kittens so that we can get the kittens adopted and we can hopefully use this particular opportunity to get mama um, trapped in spade so that she does not, this is not her first litter of kittens from what neighbors have told us. So we're, we're working on this, but we are currently supporting mama because the kittens aren't even have their eyes open yet. So this is mm -hmm. a very new thing. So mm. anyway, on that note, maybe we should take our break and we'll come back and we'll talk more about um, some of our content for today, which yes. you know, for me, a lot around Victor Frankel, but I, I'm curious, like all that's been going on with you. So yeah. um, you are listening to Sunny in Seattle. I am one of your hosts on First Friday, Sunny Joy, joined by Dr. Alessandra Duke. And we will take our break. We'll see you in just a few. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. Hey, Sunny in Seattle friends. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that the greatest gifts and synchronicities of my life happened when I started listening to the voice of my soul and let it take the lead. But in a crazy culture and a chaotic world, it can often be difficult to hear that soul voice. And we forget just how powerful that spiritual being inside you really is, which is why I created Soul Digger, a membership community for women and those who identify as women who want to live a soul-driven life. 
We meet virtually to learn, connect, share, grow, and inspire one another on our spiritual journey. Find out more at my website, goldenoversoul.com. That's goldenoversoul.com. And click on the tab that says, Work With Me. So come get shamelessly spiritual with us in the Soul Digger community, where we mine the true gold that comes from your soul. I'm Dr. Anthony Lazowitz, and this is Climate Connections. Instead of trucking vegetables across the country, one company wants to help food service providers grow food right where they are, no matter how little experience or land they have. That's at corporate campuses, that's at university campuses, healthcare facilities. Brad McNamara is CEO of Freight Farms, which sells what it calls the greenery. It's a 320-square-foot shipping container, like you would see on a boat, a train, a truck, outfitted with an automated growing system to grow about three and a half acres worth of produce with no pesticides, no herbicides, and about 98.5% less water. Inside the greenery, plants grow vertically, with their roots in a nutrient solution instead of soil. Sensors, pumps, and LED lights automatically maintain ideal growing conditions, so you don't have to be an expert to start farming. You plug it in, and you're growing same day. As the climate changes and the world's population grows, McNamara says it makes sense to farm in a way that produces more food with fewer resources and less transportation. Where instead of making more bigger farms, make hundreds, then thousands, then millions of people into independent, successful farmers where they live and work. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. Learn more at YaleClimateConnections.org. Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines. We all make promises, big and small. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. I do solemnly swear to help you when you're in need. To be considerate and caring. To be your loving, faithful friend. Partner. Child. Parent. Neighbor. One of our most important commitments is to support our nation's veterans. Learn how you can help a veteran going through a difficult time by visiting maketheconnection.net. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. And welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. Thanks for that uh, music choice, Benny. That was nice. Oh, you're welcome. And, uh, was, I don't know if you heard, though, actually, this was a tribute. He actually just passed away a couple days ago. Bill Withers did. Oh, so. oh dear. Yeah. How did I not know that? Uh, actually, they just recently, it's tra- trending now, but it's been a couple days. I think they just had some family time before they wanted to publicly release it. So. Oh, yep. got it. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Well, great, great dude. Great messages all around, right? Just like you two. Oh, <laughs> we're, we're trying. Boom. Oh, <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh, well, welcome back, everyone. Um, so, Alessandra, where should we go from here? I mean, I wrote down a bunch of different stuff. I made more of an outline today just because yeah. I've been so inspired by the Victor Frankel book, but I also had other stuff in there, too. What about where Where should we go or what do you have? Do you? Yeah, well, I'm really curious about, I mean, it sounds like that you know, that that reading has been really, really useful for you. So I would just be curious to hear more what, you know, what you've been thinking around that. And I'm, I'm betting that listeners could really benefit from that perspective. So do you want to just tell us some of what, sure. what you're thinking about? Yeah. And the other thing, I just made like a whole broad category today in my notes on perspective, because I feel like there's, um, I don't know if this, I originally heard it from Martha Beck, but I'm not sure. I feel like it must probably be some type of um, wisdom from an indigenous culture or Native American culture, perhaps, but this idea of mouse vision versus eagle vision. Mm -hmm. And so if you think about it, quite literally, a little mouse is on the ground and all he can see is, you know, a few centimeters or inches around him. He doesn't really have a lot of perspective, whereas an eagle who is high up above the ground can see everything, the bigger picture, and perhaps can include more in the experience. And so I'm, during this time, I spend a little bit of time in mouse vision in my particular circumstances and um, things that are relevant, you know, the news that can affect me, um, how to stay using managed concern to stay safe and healthy and all those things. But I've been spending a lot more time in eagle vision. Um, And a couple of things on that. 
it provides a great amount of perspective. And this is not the Viktor Frankl stuff, but one thing that I did write down that I wanted to mention, particularly for those people out there that are worried about finances right now. And I know a lot of people are, and I've shared this, like we're not immune from this. Chase is furloughed. I don't know what my coaching income is going to do during this time. I'm trying to do a lot more stuff free to meet people where they are. But anyway, so when I say this, I am not immune from all of the the things that are going on out there. Um, I do feel very blessed to, to have a little bit of wiggle room here, you know, so I want to acknowledge that I have the, you, anyway, I just want to acknowledge that I feel very blessed and at the same time, not immune from everything. So mm-hmm. that said, I have read a lot in the last few years on addiction and sobriety, addiction memoirs. I've had a lot of guests on here who, um, have written memoirs, uh, in that vein. Um, and some of the ones that I have not spoken with on the show that have been, um, actually that I still want to invite to be on the show, but some of them, these addiction memoirs, when people hit their rock bottom, I'm thinking particularly most recently, I read, um, from Bill Clegg and Khalil Rafati and these folks, when they were at the really rock bottom of their addiction, they had gone through, um, entire life savings, like hunt, some of them, hundreds of thousands of dollars, um, destroyed their businesses, um, in their addiction, um, had really burned bridges with family members who no longer trusted them, of course, had no credit what to speak of. I mean, it was completely wrecked. Like at the depth of their addiction, they, their entire life had just gone up in flames and still, I'm reading these books from them, looking back on that experience, they are as they write. And these are individuals who have now gone on to create um, really beautiful lives, thriving businesses. Khalil Rafati, for example, um, started a juice business because juicing was a huge part of his recovery um, in terms of really getting his body back into a healthy, thriving state. Um, and so he, it's now a multi-million dollar business. Um, or like Bill Clegg, who had was in New York and um, and uh, I believe he was uh, marketing and publishing in, in the um, book or I guess publishing industry, and it, he destroyed his business, but went on after he recovered to um, write several really uh, great books and has a thriving career now in New York. And so I just, I've used those when I look at that and I'm thinking, even if things go terribly south right now financially, if these individuals can climb back out and create, they started with way less than I would be starting from. Even if this entire uh, um, pandemic affected our finances, they, they started way more in the hole than I ever would at this point. Um, and yet they have made beautiful successes of their life. And these are not the only two examples. Um, those were just two of the most recent ones and two of the ones who, in my opinion, had their addiction had created this. I mean, it, their life went up in flames. Yeah. So anyway, that that provides some perspective to me personally. Um, and then thinking of some of the other things like lessons learned from Viktor Frankl so far in this book. Um one of the things that uh, that I thought was really interesting, and this is an exercise that I have done in my own life, um, and that he apparently did while he was in the concentration camp, knowing that there was again no end in sight. They didn't; the death was more guaranteed than life. Um, and he found that when he was um, working um, in the forced labor camps, that he would at times not well two things. He said that there was, he stayed present. So he found that in some of the prisoners that were there, they would spend a lot of time reminiscing on the past, what was good about their lives. And he said that not necessarily that that, that was a bad thing, but that in robbing the present of its reality, there lay a certain danger. And he writes that it became easy to overlook the opportunities to make something positive of camp life. We're talking concentration camp life. Mm-hmm. Um, opportunities which really did exist. Um, regarding our provisional existence as unreal was in itself an important factor in causing the prisoners to lose their hold on life. Everything in a way became pointless. Such people forgot that often it is just such an exceptionally difficult external situation which gives man the opportunity to grow spiritually beyond himself. So 
while he's saying staying present to see the opportunities, the other thing that he did that I thought was really interesting, and this is what I have at times when things were really difficult in my life, he, for example, envisioned himself speaking on a stage in the future, talking about the psychology of concentration camps. And he wrote that the prisoner who had lost faith in the future, his future was doomed. With his loss of belief in the future, he also lost his spiritual hold. He let himself decline and became subject to mental and physical decay. So all that to say, can you, not you personally, Alessandra, <laughs> potentially, but anyone out there, can you envision looking back on this time, wow, do you remember when I lost my job, when we got sick, when we lost our family member, when these things happen, and yet now I'm looking back thinking potentially there was great meaning that came from this. There was a strength that came from it that I am able to help others in a way that I would not have been able to because it created compassion or empathy, or I now know how to do, to, to create a business from nothing. Um, the, can you look forward and see yourself at a future, just a glimpse of the future, looking back on this particular time, knowing how it influenced your soul's agenda potentially in this lifetime. So anyway, that was, those were, that was one of the big ones that while staying present, still holding room for a potential future that would be uh, much more purposeful than perhaps anything else you could have done otherwise. You know what I mean? I, you know, I love that. I do. And I, you know, that was, that's something that I've been talking with my clients about. And actually, um, what was it last week released just, you know, four bonus bonus podcasts, just as like, yeah. you know, my contribution to like, let me, let me help you out with some ideas here. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, something that I've really been thinking about is really assigning this time purpose right? That mm -hmm. it can be, you know, it doesn't have to be just a time that we are like, okay, I've just got to get through this and then, you know, just kind of move on. But how can we really have some search for meaning in this time? Or do we want this time to be about creativity? Do we want this time to be about family? Do we want this time to be about connectedness, you know, and having some kind of purpose because this is temporary, and so as we're kind of emerging from our cocoons at the end of this, how do we want to, you know, how do we want to say that, how do we want to say that we did this? You know, how do we want to say that we showed up for ourselves and others? So I think that's really interesting. Yeah. And you talked about purpose and I'll read, I promise I'm not going to spend the entire show reading passages from the book. <laughs> I just, it's so, it's so beautifully written. And this one, I shared this this week in Shut Up and Soul. So if you were there, my apologies for repeating this, but I think it bears repeating for a couple of reasons. So he's talking about this ultimate purpose because we're talking about maybe out there, the reason I'm sharing this one particularly is because maybe as we're talking about this, you're thinking, I can't make any meaning of this. I can't see any purpose in this. Mm. And that is okay too. And so I'll share this passage and I think there's a window for hope here. So he's writing about this is it's like early morning hours. They are trying to um, dig in icy ground. You know, the conditions are just horrific and everything is just gray. The clothes are gray. It's early morning. The scenery is gray. And he is sitting there um, as he's working, conversing with his wife and his mind. Um, he hasn't seen her. He doesn't know where she is, um, doesn't know if she's still alive, but he talks to his wife or his beloved as he's doing this. So in this moment, he says he's struggling to find the reason for his suffering, his slow dying. And he writes, in a last violent protest against the hopelessness of imminent death, I sensed my spirit piercing through the enveloping gloom. I felt it transcend that hopeless, meaningless world. And from somewhere, I heard a victorious yes in answer to my question of the existence of an ultimate purpose. At that moment, a light was lit in a distant farmhouse, which stood on the horizon as if painted there in the midst of the miserable gray of a dawning morning in Bavaria. And the light shineth in the darkness. For hours I stood hacking at the icy ground. The guard passed by, insulting me, and once again I communed with my beloved wife. More and more I felt that she was present, that she was with me. I had the feeling that I was able to touch her, able to stretch out my hand and grasp hers. The feeling was very strong. She was there. 
Then at that very moment, a bird flew down and silently perched just in front of me on the heap of soil which I had dug up from the ditch and looked steadily at me. And so I read that because even in the midst of those circumstances, somehow there was just a glimmer, like, yes, there is a purpose, the voice said, and there was enough space in his being that he could notice that light that went on very serendipitously at that moment in that farmhouse on the horizon. And he, there was enough space for him to notice that bird that landed in front of him. And it, even if you are having a hard time seeing the meaning, making any purpose from this or knowing what the purpose is going to be, if the dots have not connected yet, can you at least leave room to see metaphorically the light in the farmhouse or the bird that perches in front of you? Can you leave room for this to still be a benevolent universe and for those signs to be made known if you are at least looking for them? This is that eagle vision versus mouse vision. If you are so focused on the ground in front of you as a mouse, you are not going to be able to see that light or that bird. So can you back off enough to be eagle vision where you can see these glimmers that may be these little oases in this landscape, this desert of uncertainty that we're currently in. So anyway, I just, mm -hmm. that, that passage to me really hit me in the, hit me in the heart space. Yeah. And so what have you noticed yourself doing? Like as that passage is hitting you in the heart space, what do you find? How do you put that then into your life? Well, a couple of ways. Uh, I have been, everybody knows I love heart math. And so that heart coherence technique, um, the heart attitude breathing, all of their different techniques that take two to three minutes. You can find them all at heartmath.com or heartmath.org. That drops me into my heart because I know my mind is good at collecting information, but my heart is where the wisdom and the discernment and the inner guidance lies. So um, I go to my heart and I've been really... Um, the, the places where I try to make even more room than just that little pinprick of the light or the, the little bird, I try to make a lot more space in my being for um, messages of um, inspiration. Like I've been listening a lot. Sarah Landon has done several free uh, recordings in the last few weeks on March 15th, on March 22nd, and um, she's doing another one tomorrow. So going to those resources that it, this is not... I, I, Yes, they are inspiring. Yes, they, to me, are eagle vision in the sense that they are talking about this event as an, um, one of the necessary catalysts for the awakening of humanity. Um, so I'm not an ostrich with my head in the sand to the suffering that occurs while we're in human bodies. I get that. I see it. I feel it. Um, and still, just like you were talking about the duality, I can hold that and I can also still go into eagle vision and tap into the sources of perspective that, and, and Victor Frankl's one of them, that provides me great hope and lifts my spirits um, rather than keeping me tethered to the suffering. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that makes sense or not, but those are the two primary things. Go to my heart instead of my head and then go to the sources in my vibrational speed dialist that help me the most. Yeah. So a book that I've been reading right now is, um, I, I love Tosha Silver Oh, and yeah. I've been reading, um, it's not your money yeah. and that has been so, um, transformative for me right now is, you know, checking in with what's going on from an internal voice, soul perspective, looking toward source, you know, or spirit as, as my source rather than like, Oh gosh, like what's going on? You know, I, cause I think that people are, they're in such fear response, right? Like what's happening with the economy, our businesses are going down, you know, my community is small business owners, right. And entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people are really frightened. And so for me, that book right now has been helping me to take that more, um, Eagle vision that you're talking about and to really tune in with, <clears throat> Excuse me, what the in? Oh my gosh! Right? Yeah, <laughs> you need me. to take take a moment. Yeah, yes. oh, just but like tuning in with what that internal voice is saying, right? And and from a heart or soul perspective, rather than mm -hmm. that kind of like ego, um, what the ego is needing, what the what fear is saying around me, you know. So that's been really helpful in that way. Yeah, it, this really is one of those times. I talked about this on the show last week when I did the solo show, but. 
one of the teachings that Tosha, I really love that um, when I started following her several years ago, and she was on the show, for those of you, if you want to hear more about um, It's Not Your Money, that book, and really you could apply any word in that. It's not your relationship. It's not mm-hmm. your job. It's not your, this is all, um, it's it's all really belongs to the divine in the end. Mm-hmm. But um, she was on the show, I think, August 8th of 2019. So you can find that in the archives if you want to hear her talk about that. Um, but Um, Basically, I used to think of my husband as my source or my job as my source. And she was one of the first teachers that was like, source is your source. Maybe uh, your job is a conduit through which source takes care of you, or perhaps your investments are a way that source can take care of you. But ultimately, source is your source. And to me, this is a really interesting time to learn how to live and trust that in a much bigger way, because you know, I don't know that we'll ever be able to, if you put all your trust in the economy, if you put all your trust in the government, if you put all your trust in the employer, that's not your source. Ultimately source is your source. So can you use this time because a lot of it is outside of our control to turn to source and say, okay, let's do this. Let's Ah. finally learn how to put this into practice and in tangible human action. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just find that that it's just so relieving to, you know, be reminded of that for me. And I think for, you know, people who are listening to this show would really, you know, resonate with that kind of line of thinking, because Mm. I, I think that we can contribute so much to our own internal suffering, you know, really believing that we're, you know, we're sort of going through this on our own or that it's up to us to figure out all of the things, the job, the money, the family, the, uh, you know, if we can really turn to source in these moments, I just think that there can be just such a deep amount of peace that can come. And even for, you know, people who might be a little bit more, um, I don't know, who are like, eh, I don't know about that source thing or something mm-hmm. like that. I just feel yeah. like, you know, I'm kind of of the opinion that it's like whatever can alleviate some of that internal suffering for yes. you, you know, whatever brings you calm, whatever you need to turn to, to have peace, because that suffering does not help you generate new ideas or get creative about how you will pivot in this time. And that's what I think we need. So our, our, um, you know, additional suffering doesn't help us with any of that. So that's something I've really been encouraging both myself and clients to look at. I agree. I that, That's always been my argument for somebody who poo-poos the whole spiritual stuff. And I think, well, let's see the effects on my actual life. I feel more calm and more peaceful. I'm better able to show up in my life for other people. I am happier all around. And I think I'm a better member of, you know, our society, all of those things. So if that's the effect, even if nothing else comes from it, that's enough reason for me to go to these tools. And just like you said, we cannot access, we really can't access our inner guidance, our discernment, our wisdom, our creativity while we're in fear. And so whatever practices are getting you through this to take you to a place of calm or peace so that you can even perhaps access the even better feeling emotions like joy or hope or gratitude. That's pretty awesome. So, yeah. oh, and we're right at about time. Um, so, Allison, what's your website in case people want to take advantage of your any of your offerings right now? Yes, um, alessandraduke.com, just my first name, last name, .com. And even if you just Google Alessandra Duke, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll come up. Um, so, yeah, you can check out uh, all of the different things that I offer. Um, or if you want to get in touch, there's a contact page. And just feel free to reach out. Yay. Okay. And so for me, um, that would be goldenoversoul.com, goldenoversoul.com book club meets tomorrow. Um, and you don't have to have read the book. The questions are very accessible, um, as discussion prompts, even without reading the book. Um, and we've got a shut up and soul session on Tuesday and then another one on Thursday. Um, and yeah, all the free offerings are up there under my events page at goldenoversoul.com. So um, stay safe, stay well, everyone. Um, Thanks, Benny, for running aboard. Alessandra, it was good to check in with you on our first Friday. Yes, thank you so much. So good to be here, as always. I love it. Yay, okay, everybody. Um, Take care out there, and I will see you next week. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.